today on the Rising Coaches Podcast. Yeah, that first moment, I mean, you know how it is, like, it's really hard to get your foot in the door, I think, especially if, if, if you know, uh, if you don't play. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's hard enough uh, regardless, but I think if, if you don't play, it's even that much that more difficult. Um, and so I was just really fortunate, first and foremost, to have that opportunity, but it really hit me during our first staff meeting where I'm just sitting there, I'm looking around, I'm like, man, these are, you know, some big time coaches. And, you know, I'm just looking out of the practice court. I'm like, I'm not used to this. And, and so it was just, you know, it really hit me like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm in a great opportunity. I'm in a, uh, at a great place with, with some great people. And I'm really fortunate. Thanks for listening to the rising coaches podcast. This is Adam Gordon. And today's episode is a special edition of our members spotlight. Each week, we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them, what makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession, it's about who knows you. To be considered for our member spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches. Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight. So please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community relationships, and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people uh, at the Final Four in the off season. You should be doing it all year round, and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally, development. We have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach. Because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new, genuine relationships, it takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you. All of that gets removed off of your plate. You can just worry about being you, making new friends in the business, and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com membership. Welcome to the Rising Coaches Member Spotlight, where we sit down with a different member each week of Rising Coaches and get to learn a little bit more about them, their background, and their coaching journey. Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, the best shooting machine in the world. Uh, you guys have all been in the gym and had to chase down rebounds. You guys, I'm sure, have all used various different shooting machines. Man, I hate the other shooting machines that I've used in my career. Like, the ball always gets stuck. There's always a jam. You got balls flying out of the, the net. They're a little flimsier. Dr. Dish, uh, I, I've never had those issues. It's a sturdier product, uh, runs, runs smoothly. And if you follow Dr. Dish B-Ball on social media, um, at Dr. Dish B-Ball, they have a ton of great drills that you can get caught up on and implement into your program. Really good stuff, for real. Uh, sometimes you see shooting drills online and they're pretty basic, but but Dr. Dish does a great job putting out great content uh, to help 
to help with player development from all facets. So check out our friends at Dr. Dish B-Ball uh, or drdishbball.com. Okay, uh, now that we're done paying bills, uh, let's get right to it. Uh, excited to have our guest today, Ryan Strom, assistant coach at uh, Huntington College. Uh, Ryan, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well, Adam. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, first of all, I apologize. It's Huntington University. I, we I, were uh, college until about five years ago, and then we changed. I know. I'm bad about that. Like, when I know of a school that was once a college, like Central Florida Community College is where I coached years and years ago, and it's College of Central Florida now, and I still can't get it right. But anyways, my my apologies to the Huntington University community and admin. Uh, but Ryan, what's up, man? How have you been? Good, good. Doing well. Um, uh, you know, we, uh, as I was telling you before we went on live, uh, just, you know, getting ready for camp season. We, we got the go ahead from, from our, uh, administration to, to have camps this summer, which is pretty exciting after, uh, not having it last year. And then we're just finish up recruiting, uh, for this year and then, and then getting ready for next year. So we're kind of in that off season mode. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Can you tell us like where you're from? Um, and you know, kind of how you got into coaching. Yeah. Uh, so I, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, um, and grew up, you know, playing basketball, but realized that in early age that I wasn't very good as I joke, I'm, you know, five, eight on athletic and, and, uh, can't pass dribble or defend. Uh, so not, not a great combination, um, in terms of trying to play basketball at a higher level. Um, so I, you know, I played in high school, um, wasn't very good, but, you know, love playing and, um, you know, I think with, with March Madness, um, you know, being in the heart of March Madness, that's really where my love of basketball came to be, you know, just watching on TV. And, um, so that's kind of how I, you know, I just, I grew to love basketball, uh, from an early age and realized if I couldn't play, uh, I wanted to coach. And, and so that's what I did. Um, you know, I, I went to college. Um, I actually played college baseball at division three, uh, Greenville university. It was Greenville college at the time. Um, and then during the summers, um, worked as many camps as, as I, as I could trying to get my foot in the door. Um, what, what position, college, Ryan, what position did you play in baseball? I was a left-handed pitcher. Nice. A lefty. Yeah. Yeah. What was your uh, like go-to? Did you like, what was your go-to pitch? Uh, curveball. Curveball. I didn't throw very hard. I was one of those crafty lefties. So had to, had to, uh, change speeds and, you know, try to do what I could to, uh, get hitters out. Were you, were you a starter or reliever? Yeah, I was, I was a starter, uh, my last two years of college. So what, okay. We're going to face, we're going to face Ryan. We're going to expect a lot of curveballs, a lot of off speed pitches. How many yep. innings are you going strong for us? You're in, a six? In, yeah. Until I can't go anymore until the coach <laughs> takes me out. Okay. Fair enough. Did you have to hit, like you got a hit in college, right? No. No, I, I, no, uh, no, I, I, I tried for one year and then when I realized I couldn't hit a curveball, I was about the end of that. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, cool. So anyways, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just had to get the scouting report. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I played baseball in college, like I was saying, and, but I, but I always wanted to be a college basketball coach. Um, and I thought about going the manager route. Um, but you know, talking to basketball coaches, I know, um, they're just like, you know, go, go play baseball, go play college sport as long as you can, you know, uh, you can't do that forever. And then, you know, just work camps in the summer, uh, get to know, you know, people in the St. Louis basketball community. Um, and so that's what I did. And, you know, I think, um, 
that was the right decision because uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at with without that. And I think playing baseball in college gave me a perspective of of being a, a college athlete. You know, albeit if if it wasn't basketball, it was it was baseball a little different? But I, I think it gave me that perspective of what a um, you know uh, what it was like to be a college athlete, both you know uh, on the field and you know off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you're working camps, you're, you're, you're getting to know people in St. Louis. How does that, you know, translate into your first basketball coaching opportunity? Yeah. So, um, as I was finishing my student teaching, um, I had to uh, finish my student teaching in the fall of what was my fifth year of college. Uh, so my eligibility was done with, with baseball and, and I had to, um, do that semester to graduate. Um, and so what I did was I was a, um, a high school coach at Maplewood Richmond Heights, uh, and, and the basketball coach there is, or at the time was, a uh, is a mentor of mine. His name's Corey Frazier. Um, he's pretty well known in the St. Louis community. Um, he played at St. Louis university and is now a coach with, uh, with Bradley Beal elite, uh, on the EYBL circuit. So he was, um, really my first mentor, uh, in coaching and he gave me an opportunity uh, to, to coach, uh, on his staff while it's finished on my student teaching degree. Great coach too, right? Like really good. coach. Yeah. Great coach. Uh, won multiple high school, uh, state championships, um, you know, and, and um, and it's had some really good teams with the St. Louis Eagles now Bradley Beal elite. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so is that how you got hooked up? You spent some time at Kansas state and yep. they recruit St. Louis heavily. Is that how that connection kind of was formed? Yeah, I had some mutual connections um, outside of that as well. Uh, but that was really the the main connection was, as you mentioned, Kansas State does a really good job of of recruiting St. Louis players, and um, and, and you know, with that connection, with my relationship with Corey, um, you know, I was able to get my foot in the door, and I was really gracious that that Coach Weber gave me an opportunity to be on his staff for, uh, for two years as a GA. Was there a specific assistant? that you got close with at K-State that helped kind of facilitate that, that process? Uh, I would well, say uh, I had a good relationship with all the assistants, um, but the one that, you know, I, I spoke to first was, was Coach Lowry. He's the one that, that um, you know, has a lot of connections in that area, um, you know, going all the way back from, you know, when, when he coached in that area, um, you know, Southern Illinois, you know, um, and whatnot, but he, he does a great job recruiting at, uh, that city. And, and that was the first assistant that I, that I talked to. Awesome. Okay. And then they have a staff opening, they need a GA and mm -hmm. you already have that relationship and, and the rest is history. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. When you get there to K state, it's like, uh, I'm wondering, like, did you kind of feel like, okay, like you're sitting in that arena every day. Are you like looking around like, man, I, I made it like, this is it. This is what, this is where I want well, to be. Yeah. That first moment, I mean, you know how it is. Like, it's really hard to get your foot in the door. I think, especially if, 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 you know, uh, if you don't play, um, uh, you know, it's, it's hard enough, uh, regardless, but I think if, if you don't play, it's even that much that more difficult. Um, and so I was just really fortunate first and foremost to have that opportunity, but it really hit me during our first staff meeting where I'm just sitting there, I'm looking around, I'm like, man, these are, you know, some big time coaches and, you know, I'm just looking out of the practice court. I'm like, I'm not used to this. And, and so it was just, you know, it really hit me like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm in a great opportunity. I'm in a, uh, at a great place with, with some great people. And I'm really fortunate. Yeah. And you guys had some really good teams when you were there. Yeah, we were, uh, my first year there, we made the elite eight. And then my second year we won the big 12. 
pretty good. Not everyone gets yeah. to experience that. No, no, it was, it was pretty good. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, um, at the time, you know, it, I didn't, you know, I didn't know any different because I'm like, Oh, this is, you know, my first two years in, in coaching, you know, we, we go to the elite eight, win the big 12, but looking back on it, you know, a couple of years out of it, it's like, wow, we had some, you know, we had some really good teams and we were, uh, we were pretty good. You had really good players. They played really hard and defended and played together. We played you guys when I was at SEMA. You guys smoked us by like 40. <laughs> uh, right for, was it right around Christmas, right? Yeah, it was. I think it was the last. Yeah, it might have been the last game before Christmas break, which always you, you go into Christmas off a 40 point blowout. It's like, uh, this Those is are, rough. But that game and I think the game after Christmas are the two of the toughest games of the year. Well, you guys did fine. <laughs> yeah uh dean wade was down there giving us buckets anyway you wanted it i forget you had some really good guards and wings um i can't remember their names off the top of my head yeah. but barry brown uh he he's really good or he you know uh was and still yeah. is he's having a nice career overseas and um he's the all-time steals leader at kansas state uh kamau stokes and uh, he's having a nice career overseas and then, uh, Xavier Sneed's in the G league. So it was, uh, it was a really good group. Yeah, really good. Really good. And now a quick break to talk about our partners at Dr. Dish. As off season approaches, it's the perfect time to upgrade your training equipment at rising coaches. We highly recommend you to check out our friends at Dr. Dish basketball. They are undoubtedly the best and most innovative training machines their newest model for schools, the Dr. Dish CT, is a complete game changer. It has a touchscreen that plays training videos, tracks stats by location, and incorporates on-demand workouts and drills from the top programs and trainers in the world. Check them out at drdishbasketball.com or on social media at Dr. Dish B-Ball. Mention Rising Coaches before you purchase and receive an additional $300 off your next order. Um. Okay, so you you spend two years as a GA there at K State, mm-hmm. and then like every GA, at some point they kick you out of the nest, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> so how did you deal with that? Like, is it was that a stressful time for you trying to find you know figure out what you're going to do? Yeah, I mean, I, it was stressful, but I think you know two years earlier you're, you're kind of in a similar position, um, you know, looking for a job, and I think. Um, it is stressful uh, because you're looking for your first full-time job now. Um, but, you know, you do have more connections after two years. You kind of understand the business a little bit more. Um, so I interviewed for some positions, um, you know, uh, didn't, you know, obviously didn't get them. And then uh, um, there's a assistant job that opened up at Manchester University uh, here in Indiana. Um, and, and I got that position. Yeah. And how was that experience, you know, going from, being a part of like a huge staff at Kansas state, you know, lower on the totem pole to now, you know, I don't know how many people you had at Manchester, but usually those are smaller staffs, maybe three, four people. Yeah, we had, we had, we had two, it was, it was a head coach and myself. Um, so, it, you know, I think it was an adjustment, but playing division three baseball, I think gave me that perspective of being at a small college and understanding how it works. So I, I kind of used my experience, at, you know, uh, playing at Greenville and then the experience at Kansas State, I think they both benefited me uh, in terms of, of uh, that position at Manchester. And what was like the biggest, I, I imagine you learned a ton uh, during that year. What was like the biggest takeaway or lesson that you learned after like that first year of, as an assistant? 
Yeah. So it, it was kind of a crazy situation because I got hired in July and then uh, the head coach that hired me uh, resigned four days before school started. And oh, wow. so we didn't have, we didn't have a head coach until uh, four days until our first practice. Um, so, you know, that was a unique situation just because, you know, I, I'm, I'm new and then, um, you know, I'm working for one head coach and then, and then he resigned. So I'm working for another head coach. Um, and then, you know, all while trying to manage, uh, you know, everything with, with, with the team. So it was, it was a very unique, uh, situation and, but it was, it was a great learning experience because I had to, um, kind of learn through the fire and, and, uh, um, you know, just kind of learn on the go. And then one year there, and then you get the opportunity to join the staff at Huntington, right? Yes. Yes. How yeah, did that so I, opportunity? Yeah, go ahead. I, uh, so in, in the middle of the pandemic last year, um, I was hired at Huntington. Uh, Corey Alford um, was hired as a head coach, and and so he was. Uh, uh, he he. Was, I'm very fortunate that he gave me an opportunity to be here at Huntington. Did you know Corey before he got there, or no? I had met him a couple times, and I had some mutual connections, but uh, we didn't. Uh, you know, we weren't uh, close, or we you know we didn't have a. Uh, much of a relationship, more of just like kind of meet at the final four, that type of deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and you guys had a great season and, and Corey certainly is somebody that's, you know, a rising star in the profession. Obviously his dad is, is Steve Alford, the great mm -hmm. player and, and uh, uh, former head coach at, at UCLA and current head coach at Nevada, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Corey was a good player himself, wasn't he? Yeah, he uh, he played in New Mexico uh, in UCLA uh, for his dad, and and uh, won a couple of high school state championships in New Mexico. So he was he was a good player. That uh, that family is a uh, um, they've had a lot of good players in that family through the years. The jump shot is just in the genetics, I, I would imagine. You just get born with a, a pure stroke. Uh, yeah, and, and and they uh, they don't they don't like when people miss free throws either. <laughs> <laughs> Does he still get out there and play at all or, or no? Uh, yeah, we'll play. We play pickup. It's been a little bit harder because of COVID this year, just, we, you know, with, with everything with, with, uh, um, you know, our, our staff and the athletic department here at Huntington. But now that um, season's over, we're, we're hoping to get some games going. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you, like I mentioned it, but you guys did have a good year. You won 16 games mm -hmm. and that's a pretty good year one. Um, pretty good, you know, foundation to set. Do you feel, uh, you know, encouraged and excited for what you guys are building there? Yeah, we're really excited. We play in, in I think, the best NEI league in the country. Uh, four teams from our conference won the Sweet 16. Um, and, you know, we, we had a good year. We won 16 games, had our best winning percentage uh, in eight years, and that was with no seniors. So we returned everybody, um, like our guys coming in um, from the high school level, and, and they're pretty excited going into next season. Talk about your league a little bit. Like you just said, it. you had four teams in your conference um, go to the Sweet 16, a great league. Mary, Marion's in your league, right? Yeah, uh, Marion, Indiana Wesleyan has kind of been at the top for the last couple of years. Bethel um, is usually, you know, around, around the top. It's a, it's a very, very good league. Um, I feel like NAI doesn't get enough love. Can you, can you give, shed some light on how good of a level it really is? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of had that perception too. Uh, Corey and I talk about that all the time. Like we just didn't know much about NEI basketball. 
Um, and so we got Tonnyson. Um, but it's, it's, it's a really good league. Um, and our league, you know, crossroads and then NEI as a whole is a really good league. Um, you know, it's, it's high level basketball. I think the biggest difference, um, from our level to higher levels is probably the size and athleticism, but from a skill standpoint, like guys can really shoot the ball, you know, they can handle the ball. Um, it's just, I think the biggest difference is, you know, is just the, the athleticism and the size. Right. But you got some really good ball players. I'd imagine that and really good guard play. Uh, yeah. As well. Yeah. High level guard play. High level um, guard play. What, uh, what would you say is like the best, you know, cause you've done a great job. You've, you've gotten to be a GA at a, at a, at a big time program. And then you've been an assistant at a small college. So you've kind of gotten two different perspectives, which is super mm-hmm. valuable in this profession. Um, what, you know, is the biggest takeaway from that? What have you learned? What carries over? What, what's like, what doesn't? Yeah, I think no matter where you're at, um, regardless of level, regardless of position, I think there's always something to learn and grow either, you know, good or bad. Um, but I, I just think, and uh, being an assistant for two years, for me personally, the last two years of just getting recruiting experience under my belt has just been huge. Um, you know, even at division three, um, recruiting at division three is, you know, a, a challenge in and of itself because you don't have scholarships and then going to Huntington this past year and being able to recruit with scholarships is, um, it's just, you know, it's different than recruiting from division three. Um, and then going back to Kansas state, you know, being at that high level, uh, just being around, um, you know, the best level uh, that college basketball has to offer, uh, whether it's the players, whether it's the coaches. I mean, there's there's so much to learn. I I always say when I got to Kansas State, I thought I knew a lot about basketball. And then um, I, I always tell people I got two graduate degrees. I got my actual degree and then I got a, a degree in basketball. Um, so, you know, I think there's there's so much to learn at every level. Um and like I said, it could be good, it could be bad, um, but but there's you know uh, wherever you're at, there's there's a lot of opportunity for growth. I know it doesn't work like this, but if you got to pick, like if you mm-hmm. if you had three roads right now in front of you, and like one's like small college, one's like somewhere in the middle, and one's like high level, you know, or not high level, but high major, um, mm-hmm. which one would you you know go down? My my ultimate goal is to to get back to Division One and be a, be a high major coach. Um, but I think that my experience at Huntington, my experience at Manchester, I think those are helping me uh, to eventually get there. And I know you know that's probably a, a, a you know years away. Um, but but I think um, you know I think we're every year if I could grow and, and get better and improve that um, that's the ultimate goal. Well, absolutely, and like what you're doing is great because like you said, you're getting that recruiting experience. And, you know, when you go back to the division one level, um, you know, some people go straight to an assistant job at the division one level, but sometimes mm-hmm. people have to go be an ops guy or video guy uh, and then try to move up from there. And one of the big hurdles is like, Oh, you don't have recruiting experience. Well, now you've got it, you know? Right. Uh, right. So that's that, that I think is really invaluable and, and relationships are relationships on the road. You know, you're going out there talking to coaches and whether you're recruiting their best player or their third best player, you're still building that relationship with the coach and the program. And and that's what it's all about. 
Right. And I think especially the other benefit too of Huntington is our staff is we got um, three full-time staff members and then two uh, part-time staff members. So on top of the recruiting, I get to be able to do all the operation stuff, a lot of the video stuff, player development, uh, you know, administration. So I kind of am able to get my hands in everything, which, which I think is invaluable. Absolutely. Wear many hats, be a jack of all trades. Yep. I like it. Yep. Uh, Ryan, hit me with the best piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's like trying to either get into the profession or just advance in the profession. Yeah, I think, I think you guys kind of say it a lot uh, with rising coaches, but I think it's all about genuine relationships. Like every job that I've gotten is because of a relationship I had, uh, maybe not directly, but you know, this person knew this coach or, um, you know, th- this person at the school or whatever it is, I think, um, it, it's kind of cliche, but you know, it, this business is all about relationships and not just relationships, but genuine relationships. You know, I think, um, you know, especially around this time, like people are reaching out and hitting people up, Hey, you know, I heard this person got that job. Can you help me out or whatever? But, you know, um, can that relationship, does that person really know you and can they really vouch for you? And, um, you know, I think that's what it's all about. Yeah, no question. And you've certainly done a great job of that, Ryan. You are very beloved within our com- the Rising Coaches community. This was a, as soon as we made the announcement that uh, that you were going to be featured on the member spotlight, we had people hitting us up, excited about it. So uh, you're certainly doing a great job building relationships. Well, well, I appreciate it. you guys do a great job. And I really like being a part of Rising Coaches. It's been great for me. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining us today, man. Uh, uh, Congrats on getting camps back. That's awesome. That's a big yeah, deal. Pumped about it. Pumped yeah, about first it. first glimmers of hope that we are putting COVID behind us. So uh, um, I certainly hope so. Yeah, for sure. Well, good, Ryan. Well, thanks again for being on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. What's up, podcast fans? I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development planning and monitoring, engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.